we constantly were trying to figure out how to change our huddle. And that's the beauty of sports is you have the optionality to try to find ways to optimize that. Sometimes in life, we feel like we're stuck and we don't get a chance to recalibrate and, and maybe we don't take the time. It is an important mindset that we have that who you align with and who you let into your huddle. You got to remember your space is, is a sacred space. Welcome to Wisdom, Wealth and Wellness, a podcast on overcoming behavioral biases and blind spots. Sponsored by Satofsky Asset Management. And this is Jonathan Satofsky. Oh, man, do I have an episode for you today. I had met a, a gentleman uh, that's with us by the name of Ryan Neese. Ryan Neese, as you could see by his uh, broad shoulders, was an NFL linebacker. Won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks many years back and has been such a profound influence on me from a perspective of his discipline, of his mindset, of his philosophy, of his values. Uh, he's... Um, entrepreneurial. He's philanthropic. He's, you know, a couple little highlights of his history. He runs a venture capital firm in Silicon Valley called Next Play Capital on the precipice of merging. I think it's about to be called Next Ventures. So he could tell us a little bit about that, but he is uh, providing a platform to provide investors access to top tier uh, venture funds and venture backed companies across their full cycle minority-owned and led firm, uh, founded in 2014. Uh, he's just salt-of-the-earth guy. I uh, I can't really say enough about um, how excited I am. There's a lot more to talk about his history, and he's had success. He's a board member at um, DocuSign, and he's he's brought a lot of uh, wonderful companies public, like Impossible Foods and ByteDance, UiPath, and many, many more. So thanks for coming. Ryan, and uh, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. I am pumped to be here, my friend. Jonathan, thank you so much. Um, it's a privilege. And I know that um, you have your your choice of who you have on as guests. And I'm thankful that you gave me the opportunity to spend some time with you. And hopefully uh, we can entertain your your listeners for a few, for a few minutes. So glad I could be here. Awesome. Uh, so I know, I'm sure most everyone that speaks to you, you know, references your 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 famous family you know because you're you're i think if i'm not mistaken you're you're one of the only father-son duos uh the other bob and uh brian greasy and and you and your father the only two father-son duos that have won a super bowl from my understanding actually Which, we are the, the the greasies did it technically first my father and i are the only father and son duo to do it in our our first year, he did it my, his rookie year. Obviously, I did it my rookie year. Um, <clears throat> my dad likes to remind me he has four Super Bowl rings, and I only have one, sadly. Um, uh, but no Howie competition Long, there, huh? No competition. It's always, yeah. Uh, Howie Long's, uh, the Long family, Howie Long and, and his son also won a Super Bowl. Um, and so that we welcomed them into the club. So three three prestigious families that are now in this club. So, so I talk a lot about wisdom, wealth, and wellness. I think people search the internet. They're, they're not searching for the World Wide Web. They're searching for one of those things. And you've been on your own journey and quest in, in, in evolving past the pinnacle of success in professional football, professional sports, to the venture capital world. And, and, and I just, I'd love you to share a little bit about your 
your values, your philosophy, you know, how, how, how you just went all in on the discipline and the lessons from sports that has led you to this and that has uh, catapulted you the last decade to, to where you are at this point in time. Yeah, it's a good question. <clears throat> Hard to know where to start on that question. Um, um, but I will say that a lot of, 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 of the way that I think is rooted in a few things that I learned early on in my life. And one, I had family. Um, I, I had an amazing family. I have an amazing family. I, my, my, my parents had me very young. And, and so by having young parents, that meant I had young grandparents, which meant I had young great-grandparents, which mean I even had the opportunity to know my great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother, who was born in 1895. Right? Wow. So being around a lot of wisdom at a young age, um, and a lot of people telling me no, I felt like, but nonetheless, I got a chance to <laughs> be around um, you know, a really special community of adults that I got a chance to learn from and be around and, and learn simple creeds and philosophies that I've tried to apply to my own life. And then at the same time, I also got a chance to be around my father, who was a world-class athlete, an elite athlete, one of the best of all time. And so being able to be in, in his presence and, and see the way that he operated is also equally rare. Not everyone has the opportunity to be around men and women that are world-class at what they do. And, and, and maybe they get a chance to see that person um, in, in their, in their, in their sport or in their profession or in their business, or maybe even meet them at a dinner, but to see that person in the day-to-day -day operations and to see what that person does and how they walk and how they think and how they move and how, um, is, is, is pretty rare and to see it consistently over years. Um, and then at the same time to have my mom and, and to have my mom and who raised me and why I carry my last name being niece and, who was a person that instilled in me the idea of thinking about others. I, I'll never forget, uh, Jonathan, my mom, um, you know, she was like a Jedi master, the things that she would do to, to try to teach me simple principles. I'll, I'll think about um, this time in sixth grade. Um, I, you know, my, I went to this elementary school and sixth grade was the, 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 the highest grade at the elementary school. So you were the big man on campus and, um, I remember coming home from school one day and, you know, my mom, Hey, how was school? What'd you do? I'm bragging. Mom, you know, played, played kickball, kicked the ball over everybody's head, scored all the points. When, you know, on defense, I got everybody out. I, I was the best athlete and running circles around everybody. Mom, it was, and so she could see me being very boastful and very cocky, which was qualities that she was not necessarily a fan of. Yeah. And, 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 and she goes, Oh, that's interesting. Like, Tell me, you know, how, how do these teams get picked? And well, of course, mom, I'm, you know, I'm the captain. Um, I pick the, you know, the next best player. And then you go around and you keep selecting players until you build out your team. And she goes, huh, that's interesting. Are there kids that never get picked? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. The ones that are already good. No one picks them because they don't want them on their team. She's like, oh, he's like, you know what? If you're as good as you say you are, well, why don't you pick the kid that never gets picked first? And then see if you can win, because then you're probably pretty good, right? And and it wasn't about trying to build my confidence in in being good. What she was trying to teach me is to be aware of others and to be aware that there are other people that oftentimes can get left out because 
you're judging them for one reason or another. And I'll never forget being six years old and taking that, taking the bait, executing on the bait and getting caught in the trap of realizing at that point, because I'll never forget the reaction when I selected the kid and how excited he was and how he felt seen. And, and so I think about that philosophy and then, and then behind, you know, that my faith, you know, and I think about the, what I learned through my faith of being a Christian and, 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 and spending time in the word and spending time in slowing down to pray and, and to slow down to, um, understand that I'm here for something bigger than myself, um, has helped me in many, many areas. And then the ultimate teacher, Jonathan is, is failure, adversity, struggles, trials, and gosh, and we, we'd be here for a hundred days straight if I, if I really shared with you all the, the challenges and obstacles that I have faced in my life. And, and, but those are the things that I, I, I learned probably the most from. And so uh, all that has helped me be, I guess, like I said, hard to know where to start, but gives no, you some no, sense I love, of what- I, lo- I love that. I love that. Those stories are so, I mean, it's profound, not only for lessons in life, but the fact that you've taken that and, and it's catapulted you to, to higher levels, just for those that have, don't know who he is. And I don't want to talk about your, your father, but you, you know, his father's Ronnie Lott, who's a, you know, very famous person. So you're in the shadow of someone, but you've made your mark to me in a much more profound way. And I want to talk about the fact that you've been able to take these lessons from your father and your mother and incorporate it into who you are. You started, I know I want to get back to the venture capital part, but you started this thing that I, I heard about the, uh, not just the Ryan Neese foundation, which maybe you could talk about, but I heard about the uh, the next play university because you, uh, as I heard it described, like people would be calling you professional athletes in transition to to whatever's next, and I think this is kind of an important subject because that lesson you just talked about your mom makes me think about the fact that so many people in all aspects of life, whether it's athletes or just someone graduating high school or graduating college, are going through transitions or career changes or COVID threw people for loops or you're going through your own merger between next play and, and legacy ventures. And, and I just, I'd love you to sort of talk a little bit about that philosophy. I think the, the way you've used that ideology to help people execute on successful transitions. Cause you said I could spend an hour with someone, but it's not, um, uh, it's just, they need more. So I'm just curious at how you can, you know, how you've gone about trying to bring more to the table because picking the kid first isn't all you needed to do. You yeah. might've, you might've had to go to the next step to be like, okay, let me talk about the play. Let me help you execute the next, the next play. That's, that's the whole, yeah. I mean, you know, no pun intended, yeah. right? Yeah. And that, the, the story behind next play is also fascinating. But when you think about next play you and the reason that we decided to help seed and co-found that business that um, is, is, technically still in stealth mode is, but it'll be, uh, it'll be launched relatively soon was because I was inundated and, and still in on a daily, weekly, monthly basis from folks in the world of sports that call and say, Hey Ryan, I'm, 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 I'm graduating, I'm trying to think about getting a job. I don't know what to do. I'm retiring from sport. I'm not sure what to do. I'm, I'm nervous, right? I'm scared. Um, I'm frustrated. Uh, the amount of things that I've heard athletes share with me as they approach that transition 
is um, it's alarming. And then on the backdrop of that, you hear all the negative statistics that come after you play sports. And, and I don't even want to repeat those because it just reinforces the negative stereotypes that sometimes athletes have to overcome. But nonetheless, yep. presented with numerous challenges. And, and, you know, I will share a statistic that people don't realize. Most people know this number. 99% of athletes that are in college sports don't go on to play professional sports. Yep. That's right. That seems common sense, right? Not everybody gets the, the is fortunate enough to play, be a pro athlete. That said, most people don't realize two thirds of those athletes don't have a job when they graduate. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty staggering. When you think about the, the, the type of people that you want to have inside a company are people that are determined, that are hungry, that are hustling, that are, that are willing to do what they don't want to do to be what they want to do, be and, and, and that are hardworking. Those are athletes. And so why aren't they getting hired? Why aren't they having opportunities? There's, there's disconnects that are happening. And, and the reality is that the incentives are not there. The incentives for institutions, for teams, for leagues to continue to support their athletes after they leave their walls, it no longer there exists. They got to take care of, of the individuals that are inside the walls that are currently there. And once you're done, you know, you're, you're out on your own. And, and, and so long story short, we realized that actually sports provided I, what we think is the best blueprint to help athletes transition in a more efficient and effective way and to help athletes understand who they are, where they are, and then where they want to go. Before you think about change and transition, when you come from the off season to going into the season, before you do that, you have to go through training camp. You're leaving the off-season, vacation, enjoying yourself, getting yourself now ready for the season. Before you do that, you don't just jump right in. You go through, you go through training camp. And there's a period of time that you spend going back to the fundamentals, breaking things down, building yourself back up so that you can be prepared to go and, and, and be successful that season. That's the blueprint that we've copied with Next Play U to develop a program that allows athletes to go through this transitional program as they leave one season of their life and approach a new season in their life that hopefully will onboard them in a more efficient and effective way. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, the number of companies that have reached out to us is, hey, oh, you got somebody that we can put in our sales team, our biz dev team, so on and so forth, that is an athlete, let us know we're ready. So um, excited for Next Play U. People can look it up. There's a website, nextplayu.com. They can, uh, they can find it, that. .org, um, and, and and learn more about it. I love that. And if I, and if there, if I could ever help in any way, I, you know, I, I love, I, I love people that have a sports background. I think that you're right. All the lessons, the discipline, the teamwork, the collaboration, you know, so, so that leads me to sort of the thought you, you said, uh, you said it kind of quickly, but I, but I always like when you say this, you know, sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do to be what you want to be. Correct. And, and, and I love, I love that. I love, I love when you say that, you know, and, uh, and how do people know that the, the fire they're walking through to get to where they want to go? I think goal setting, I think the, the professional athletes and many people I know in financial planning, you know, the root of it is, okay, tell me your goal and then we can see where you are and, you know, then we can help map out how to get there. But how do you, how do you get someone to recalibrate when they've spent their whole life? Like I'm going to be the best linebacker in the world, you know, like for you, you know, you had, you said you had great parents and grandparents and great grandparents and an ecosystem and a family love and support. Everyone doesn't have that wisdom and, and love and support. So they're sort of untethered. 
because they were like, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket of being a professional athlete. And, and even, even if they do, even if they're the 1% that do their, their lifespan in that sport may only be five years or less. So they have to re-identify their own identity values and, and recalibrate goals. I, I, I got to imagine that's. It's a big is, part of it. Yeah. It's a big part of understanding who you are, right. Yeah. And who you are and who you're no longer. Right. Yeah. And, and, and realizing that you're no longer that athlete or that number, really you're, you're now this man or woman that's. Um, you know, has a name and has values and has skills and has resources. And how do you start to tap into that? And part of that is understanding, understanding self. And one of the hardest things to do for all of us in life is to understand that our biggest enemy is our inner me yeah. and our inner me, our ego oftentimes fuels us in, in, in ways that makes us make decisions that maybe not in our best interest. And, and so oftentimes what happens for many athletes is because they have played this game that's like a drug that has, that feeds your ego more than probably anything in the world, you become used to being or feeling significant. You think that you've got to continue to have this life of significant, but you're not really fully sure what significant means other than you equate significance with title, power, and money. And so athletes will then transition from this in environment that they're in where they have been significant, thinking that they got to continue that path to, to, to chase that because that's what they're used to and their ego desires. And they go after wanting to be the CEO or make the most money or take an exorbitant amount of risk with investments to be significant. And it's, so it's reshaping that actually working and being a firefighter or actually being starting your own nonprofit or actually staying at home and being, being a, being a debt. That's well, significant. Well, this, this goes to, this goes to your core philosophy. I think, I think your core philosophy and that's deep inside of you. And that's your root that I think has propelled you. This is just an outside observer speaking in success, personally and professionally is you get by giving. This is one of the things I've heard you say many mm. times you get by giving. And so also the idea of getting by giving is the whole concept of even identifying businesses that you want to incubate and take to the next level. Cause you're like, look, you get paid by solving problems. You can that's identify right. you a know, challenge in the world and that's how, you know, so maybe that could lead well, into sort of your yeah, origin I mean, that's, of next that's, play. That's innovation, right? I mean, that is yeah. all of us are trying to, you know, people that are entrepreneurial, they see a need. Yeah. They build a business around meeting that need and find a way to be compensated and, and monetizing yeah. that, what they're yeah. solving for. And so 100%, I've been driven. I have a foundation that's 17 years old and I have rooted in, to your point, my inner core is around recognizing a need and then, and then finding ways to address that need. And we've built a business around doing that. I, there's a, a saying, I believe it's a Russian saying, if I, if I remember correctly, but it's, you know, a giving hand is never empty. And there's a great book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. That's one of my favorite books to give to people. It's a phenomenal book. It's, a, it's this philosophy that you need to continue to think about the long term, about investing in others. And um, we just, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of, plenty to share out there. And so the more that you give, the more that you give back. It's the power of giving. And it's a philosophy that I do believe in. And Sometimes one of the lessons that 
athletes also have to learn. They're so be they're so used to people giving to them, giving them the schedule, giving them money, giving them resources, giving them the support that sometimes they forget how to do that themselves for others. And the ones that have them, I think about my father and the amount of energy and effort, Jonathan, that he has dedicated to serving other people is off the chart. I don't know anybody else that does it more than him. And it, and it, and it's so rewarding to see and yeah. hear so much that it also comes back to him tenfold in, in so many ways. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty powerful. Is that the origins of next play? Maybe you, you were alluding to it, but I, I don't know if I ever heard this story. Maybe you can give a quick, uh, synopsis. Yeah. How, next play how, was, how, you, how you got it going. It was started because, uh, after I had, um, built a startup company and we got acquired, um, you know, we built that company for a number of years and got acquired. There were a number of people that would, you know, I'm sure like you have probably friends and family members like, Oh, Jonathan, you're, you're in, in, in wealth management, you're an advisor, you're a supporter, you're an investor. Hey, I'm trying to think about this. Can you give me some advice? Right. And, and, and imagine the folks in my community coming to me, Ryan, you're in technology, you're in startups. I want to start a business. I want to invest in a company. I want to, um, be a part of a fund. Um, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the things that I saw shared with me are just garbage, you know, yeah. it just was not the highest quality. And I realized that through our knowledge, experience and deep relationships and, and, and we could create something better. I saw a need. I saw an opportunity that folks were not getting access to this amazing asset class. I saw folks that didn't have the opportunity to put dollars to work with the best managers and at times the best companies. What could we do to solve that? And, and that's why we created NextPlay to give our community the ability to have a seat at the, the table to be able to invest with the best managers and to be able to invest in the best companies. And, and, and that's what we built, right? And we have this amazing community of athletes. And now, to your point, you mentioned, you alluded to it earlier too, is we've now evolved and we brought in um, uh, Legacy Ventures to join us. And now we are going to be called Legacy Ventures. And we're going to continue with our mission. And our mission- next, Isn't it Next Ventures? Next venture, next, right? next, no, next legacy. Next legacy. Next, you said ven, next ven, leg, venture. Next, yeah, yeah, yeah. next legacy partners. Yeah, 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 yeah and, there you go. And, and we are going to continue our mission and our ability to continue to serve this unique community of philanthropists and foundations and nonprofits and people that are doing good in the world and be good stewards of the capital to invest with transformational businesses and world-class funds like Bessemer and Excel and First Round and Union Square and these elite managers that we're lucky to be able to be LPs in. Um, so we'll, we're going to continue that effort. But the concept of next play, I, I, I got to imagine it must have been fueled somehow from your like, uh, 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 you know, there, you know, when you say there's no better way to learn than being thrown into the fire, you know, <laughs> you get thrown in the fire, you make a mistake and, and, you know, you just keep you get up. You got to go to the next. Well, play, you know, next play. The, the the philosophy next the word, next play actually was when I was on the Detroit Lions, one of the worst teams in NFL history. Don't was, hey, don't knock yeah, my yeah. Lions. I'm a Lions yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm from so, Detroit. I'm sorry. They're I, on the. the we're up, restoring the that. roar. We're about to restore the roar. Come on. They got a chance. They got a chance. I'm I'm, I'm rooting for them. I thought they should have been in the playoffs last year, but when I was there, we were not very good. And six games into the season. It was the first time in my entire athletic career that I would make a mistake while I was playing and two, three, four plays would go by. And I'd still be thinking about that mistake and it would start to compound on itself. And I was feeling extremely uncomfortable, awkward and out of sorts. 
And so I called my dad. I didn't call him a lot for advice and said, hey, I'm trying to think about how to get out of this funk that I'm in. And, you know, I need your advice. So when you made a mistake, you know, how'd you move on? What'd you do? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, when you messed up on the field. He's like, Ryan, I never messed up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, he's like, I said, oh, okay, this is why I don't ask for advice. But nonetheless, I said, you know, what did you do to move on? You know, good play, bad play, how'd you? He's like, the only play that I played in was the next play. Whatever happened was no longer the opportunity to do something better. Even if I made a good play, the opportunity to do something better was in the next play. That's the play that mattered most. So he already knew what I was asking. And he gave me a phenomenal answer. And when I learned, really thought about that next play for mindset, it doesn't just apply to football. It doesn't just apply to baseball. It doesn't just apply to sports. It applies to all areas of our life. Yeah, right? no doubt. All of us uh, have, you know, understand that we might stay in the past a little longer than we need to. And, and being able to move on um, is the most important thing we can do. And so I love uh, that. That's, I love that. that. That's the next play mindset. That's amazing. It's, 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 it is, it is transcendent beyond, beyond sports to every aspect of people's lives. When people get hung up on whatever happened, I think people get themselves in a mental, uh, mental loop that they can't get out of often, but you know, so thank you for that. That's, whew, I mean, we could just, we, we, we could stop there, but I got so much more to ask you and I only got a couple minutes left. So, so let me, let me talk about this other, uh, concept that I've heard from you that I, that I love. And, and this also transcends sports. You've, you've been able to take this analogy and bring it to other areas of life. And, and, and I think about this often. You talk about who's in your huddle, you know, because you, you've been a very big relationship person, I think. And uh, again, I'm grateful to know you because I just, I feel like I intuitively try to learn from everyone I meet, good or bad. And, you know, everyone doesn't always have attributes that are going to be elevating, but you can learn. I don't want to show up like that, or I don't want to do that, you know? Um, so I, I'd love you to talk about it. Uh, you know, the, this, this, con this concept about who's in your huddle. What if people are in your huddle? Like you're in the Lions franchise that was 0-16 or whatever. I don't know what the record is when you were there, but, you know, the, the people around you just weren't um, thriving and, and they weren't elevating and you didn't really have a peer group to, to elevate. So either, you know, you got to elevate yourself, but if the people around you aren't elevating, I mean, you know, I, I think about the concept of coaching up or coaching out, you know? So I, I just wonder how, I wonder how you, how you've approached that in your life in, in, yeah. in designing well, your huddle of people. Cause you don't always choose the people that are in your huddle, you know, just, just really just driving that sword into my time at the lions. I'm just driving it in. That's, um, <laughs> well, I was a part of the Owen 16 team. Um, there's a reason why the GM got fired during the season. There's a reason why we went through four quarterbacks that year. There's a reason why, if you probably looked at the starting lineup in the week one, it was definitely different than the last week, right? Both in offense and defense. We constantly were trying to figure out how to change our huddle. And, um, and, and that's the beauty of sports is you have the optionality to try to find ways to optimize that. Sometimes in life, we feel like we're stuck and we don't get a chance to recalibrate and, and maybe we don't take the time, but um, it, it is an important mindset that we have that who you align with and who you let into your huddle. You got to remember your space is, is a sacred space and it's, it's a privilege, an honor for people to, to be in your huddle, for you to give your time, your most valuable possession to anyone should not be taken for granted. And so 
thinking about who you who you let into your huddle and in, and in the huddles that you maybe want to be a part of. It's one thing to be a part of it. It's another thing to be a contributor. You got to contribute. The reason that you get to stay in the huddle and the reason that you hopefully were, you know, whether Lions or anybody, is because you continued to contribute in a net positive way. You brought value. You helped. You supported. You moved the needle in a meaningful way. So um, you, you can't just be there and, and be a lump on, you know, lump on the ground. Uh, you got to be a contributor. And, I love that. And so you got to demand that of yourself. Um, I love that. And so I love that. That's that's really important. You know, you, 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 uh, I, I'm bummed that we're running out of time, but but I have one. I have. I, I guess I, I'll leave you with one last question, and then you know I, I'd love you know uh, any thoughts uh, to leave leave that you want to rant, rant on in terms of your mm-hmm. own uh, latest aha in your life, but. You 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 said another thing that struck me, not in this conversation, but I've heard many many a long time ago that really was fascinating about getting feedback of loving 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 negative feedback. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Sometimes I give feedback to some people, and you could see they're not taking it. So I I, I heard this word that really struck me well as confrontational conversations. You know, <laughs> so I just wonder. You know, I want to hear you talk a little bit about that. You know. You're either getting better or worse. You know, you're refining yourself it's, based on that, right? You know, it's a, cho- it's, a, it's a choice that you have every day, right? It's a choice. Yeah. We all wake up. We have a choice to get better or get worse. And, and yeah. the reality is sometimes you, we think we're going in the right direction. I oftentimes think I'm going in the right direction and, and I'm not getting feedback. And if you're around a lot of people that are just yes people and it's good for your ego, you feel good, but it may be detrimental for you long time, long term. And so- Having people give you honest, thoughtful um, um, feedback is really important. And I think getting negative feedback is really important. And there you have to remind when somebody says, I'm not comfortable with the way that you're doing the job, with the way that you wrote that email, with the way that you took that meeting, that presentation was not good. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That's the thing that I've had to learn. You know, oftentimes we think when we get negative feedback, that means I, Ryan, am not a good person, or I am a failure, or I am. And when you take it personal, that's when it messes with your mind emotionally. It's being able to understand that this feedback is to help me professionally. Maybe even I can get feedback that can help me personally, but it is it, the intent is not to break you down or make you feel bad. Hopefully, it's to help you be better, right? Because that feedback is the only way that you can improve. Um, and so you need to be measured. You need to measure yourself. You need others to hold you accountable. And so I think that that's, it's very important. Easier said than done. It's like medicine. doesn't always taste good. It helps in the long run though. And, and if you were given your kids or a new employee, one habit to take on that they, they, they should adopt, you know, what, what would be one, you know, one habit that they should incorporate that, that is not really taught you know, K through 12, you know, what, what's something that people can take on as a habit that, that, that can have a profound impact on their cumulative success uh, in life? There's uh, so many. Um, curious, be curious, um, be proactive, be thoughtful, over-deliver. Those are some of the things that you, you think about. People that are thoughtful, somebody gives you a gift, like, man, that was really thoughtful. What does that mean? They, they went above and beyond. They paid attention to the details. They were, they took time to really think. And when somebody does that, it's impactful. So yeah. if you can be thoughtful in every moment, 
man, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of impact would you think that you would have and the words you say and the choices that you make and the actions that you have? That's a lot. It's, you know, it's oh one, but that's, you know, being thoughtful, being proactive, being curious. Um, those are things the qualities that I think are really important. And, and how do people find you? If they, if people wanted to connect with you and, and LinkedIn, uh, the link, I feel yeah, LinkedIn is probably the most important place. Um, you know, I, I've kind of stepped back a little bit from social media. I just, um, you know, I, I got into a place where I found myself in that, in a comparison game a lot, Jonathan, and, 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 and we've heard the quote by the great president Roosevelt comparison is the thief of all joy. And, and, and so, I was eroding some of the joy that I have and, and forgetting to focus on the things that are important. Nonetheless, LinkedIn is a great place. Please reach out there. Um, and, and, and I will say that the parting words that I have are, 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 are this, and, and it's something that I think about, you know, when's the last time you asked a family member or friend, how can I help you? Is there something I can do to make your day better? And, and really think about that and really think about, being intentional about finding ways to ask that question more often. And if we, if we can find ways to do that, all of us, I think, I think um, our lives will be exponentially richer. So man, this has been, this has been a pure joy to have the the pleasure of a half hour with you and dropping pearls of wisdom that, you know, I, I hope I can absorb in my life and anybody listening, hopefully it will have a positive impact in theirs and, I'm grateful for you and keep, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing next play and next ventures to, uh, the next decade and, and beyond all great things to you and your family. And, uh, and thanks for making a contribution with, uh, everything you do really. Thank well, Jonathan, you. I appreciate the support and appreciate you, you doing this. Cause I know it's not for you. It's for the broader audience, your community and network. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you in person, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Ciao.